Hello folks, 10 minute Tuesday time again. I love language. When you get to learn a new word, you get to have a new experience because the words we use don't just describe how we feel, they shape how we feel. So uh, here's some new language. Well, it may not be new language, but I, I think it might be new language for at least some of you. Uh, the term cognitive dissonance is the subject of today's 10 minute Tuesday. I learned that term from uh, my longtime friend, mentor, uh, Greg Bellingham. And the term means when your intuition or your authentic self thinks one thing is true, but then your rational self or your ego just says, mm -mm, no, can't do that, won't do that, don't want to know about that. So there's this clash of ideas happening inside you, this internal conflict. Dissonance is, is clash. Dissonance is when things are not in line, not in tune, two noises that don't go together. Resonance is the opposite. That's a, together, a togetherness, a flow. It sounds right. Uh, and so cognitive resonance would be, you know, everything's lined up. My intuition is telling one thing and consciously, rationally, I'm willing to go down that path. So a great example of cognitive dissonance is if you are, you're in a job that, um, you know, intuitively you hate, like, you know, you know, you don't want to be there. You know, it's not life giving, you know, the season's over, but rationally you haven't found a way to justify leaving yet. So every day you rock up to work with this cognitive dissonance, or perhaps it's your long-term relationship. Um, part of you on the inside has given up on that relationship. You know, there's too much pain and hurt and you don't believe in that relationship anymore and there's no way back for you. But uh, there's an agreement or an alliance, as, as my dad always says. Uh, and so you've got kids together, property together. And so what you know to be true, you can't act on. Um, it happens to me every time I go on, well, not every time, but almost every time I go on LinkedIn, I have cognitive dissonance. Uh, the rational part of me says good business owners are very active on LinkedIn. Intuitively, I get in there and I go, I hate LinkedIn. Sorry, LinkedIn, if you take that personally. Sorry if you love LinkedIn and you take that personally. It's just there's something about the game playing, my perception of the game playing that goes on LinkedIn that is disingenuous and not part of the way that I'd like to do business. And so I have this great clash. Sometimes I listen to my intuition and avoid it. And sometimes I listen to the crowd and what I'm supposed to do. And then there's conflict. So it can show up in all kinds of ways in your life. And I'm sure now having that language, you will be able to find examples of it. The cool thing around having language is you get to experience this as a pattern. Um, as, as I always say, people imagine their problems as complicated and unique and they never are. And the aim of the insecurity project and, and all my work is to help you see the patterns, help you see that you're not special, help you see the universal and predictable challenges and, and seasons of growth we go on. So if you can realize you're not the only one who doesn't like their job or who is struggling, you know, with internal conflict, then you kind of realize, oh, okay, this is a common human problem. Then there's probably a way of thinking about this that would apply to me as well. Uh, so the interesting thing about cognitive dissonance is that it, it comes with a physical component. I love the fact that when you think about resonance and dissonance, it's a whole body experience. Just like, uh, you know, when you are standing in front of speakers, you're not just hearing the sound, you're feeling the sound, like the vibration of those air particles is affecting you physically. 
uh, when you not only does it affect you physically, but when you love the music that you're hearing and really bug out to it, that's affecting you physically. It's affecting you emotionally. It's affecting you spiritually. You're having a, a complete experience of that resonance, just as as when something is dissonant and uh, clashing. That's clashing in your ears, but it's affecting your emotions. It's impacting your physicality. Um, it's causing you to withdraw. Like there's a there's a whole body experience to this. So if you remain in a place of of dissonance, cognitive dissonance, then that will cost you physically. Uh, I can still remember. It seems like five years ago, but I think I always say five years, so maybe it's longer. But you might have heard me tell the story of I, I had great pain in my diaphragm, tension in my diaphragm for two months, and I was really struggling to know what that was about. Um, you know, but it was this cognitive dissonance because when I finally got honest about what the authentic self and my intuition knew, it was that the season had come to an end for my former business and the time was to exit that relationship and pursue something else. Um, now, the reason why anyone doesn't listen, the reason why anyone is in cognitive dissonance in the first place is because we kind of fast forward to the implications of listening and think, hang on, yeah, yeah, but if I was to listen and was to own what is true, the cost of that is very high. So I'm going to have to do, do something that I don't think I can do. I'm going to have to have a conversation that could go bad. Um, I'm going to step into uncertainty, which is scary. So it's safer to stay here than it is to listen to what I know and act on that. Um, but I got to a point where the costs uh, far outweighed the benefits. So sure, I got to stay where it was safe and uncomfortable, but the cost of physical pain in my body was escalating every day, affecting every area of my life. Um, so it wasn't until I pulled over on the side of the road, driving home from Campbell one day and said to myself, like, I'm not getting back on the road until I end this cognitive, dis cognitive dissonance, uh, until I sort out what this conflict is about, why, why this angst. Um, and I apologise to myself too. That was important because I'd been banging on about the fact that I was ready to listen and that I was frustrated with myself for not being clear about what was happening. So uh, that apology was useful, the honesty, but the readiness to listen. Whatever you have to say to me, uh, I will act on appropriately. And so I hear myself say, well, Jamin, you've, you've known for some time that this season has come to an end. And that's challenging to know because it's going to mean some conflict and some difficult conversations. Um, but you know that's true. And I'm like, I do. I do know that's true. You're right. That's true. Uh, yep, there is a resonance to that truth. I know with every cell in my body, that's true. Okay, well, then here's some painful conversations about to happen. And here's some uncertainty I'll put myself into. Uh, but on the other side of that, uh, the whole experience of moving to Germany opened up, opened up for me in quite an extraordinary way, like literally as soon as I had uh, exited that other uh, business partnership. So um, that's, that's the beautiful thing about listening to yourself. Like we're not trying to ruin our life. We always operate from a place of love. And so the things that we know to be true are always going to lead us to life. Um, it's just this insecurity, this fear of, well, hang on, I can't, I'm not good enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not brave enough to listen. Um, it's, it's never actually true. And so you get in the habit of listening and owning and noticing cognitive dissonance as a beautiful opportunity for growth and you begin to see how this works you begin to learn that you can trust yourself and that when you listen to your intuition uh, it speaks well and it takes you to, to good places um, so it's a useful it's another useful sense-making paradigm a useful decision-making framework 
to move just beyond a rational decision-making process and include your whole being into the process. So where there's this clash happening for you, this cognitive dissonance, um, realise that, that that is costing not just your mind, it's costing every part of you. That will be affecting your health, that will be affecting your relationships, probably your finances. But the vibration of that clash happening inside of you will causing anxiety and sleep deprivation and maybe making you moody and everyone's noticing. When you operate from a place of resonance, though, uh, such a beautifully aligned place to operate out of, the vibration of resonance, everything in flow and in tune, such a gentle and genuine place to live out of. So um, it, it's, it might even, you know, i am been loving exploring Sigmund Freud at the moment. Uh, I'd always written him off as a bit of a wild man, um, but been exposed to some really clever um, psychiatry and watching that form of therapy, which again, I'd probably discredited. Sorry, psychiatrists. Um, just done very cleverly and and that's built on you know modern psychotherapy is built on the work of freud and jung and so i've been doing a deep dive into their theory and understanding some of the, the wonderful wisdom they've contributed in this space but freud was always fascinated by dreams because he said um you know a dream is all around conflict so um you know in order to be asleep let, let me read this quote so i don't butcher it uh, so he says uh, when we're asleep, the unconscious makes an effort to deal with conflict. And in order to remain asleep, the unconscious mind detains negative thoughts and represents them in edited visual form. So if the unconscious was to bring those negative thoughts, we'd probably wake up. But in order to stay asleep, takes the negative thoughts and distorts them into visual representations in the form of dreams. So it's a bit more subtle and we're not really sure what it's about. But inevitably, it's about conflict. Um, the anxiety type dream is a, is a key pattern of dream that Freud was particularly interested in. So the dreams where you're being chased by someone, the dreams where you can't run properly, the dreams where things won't work out for you, the dreams of struggle uh, are always around a, a cognitive dissonance in the real world that your unconscious is processing for you in visual form while you're asleep. Uh, Freud's, Freud's model was to bring what is unconscious into the conscious realm so that you can deal with it. So it might be interesting just to explore your dream life at the moment. What are the things that keep showing up for you as patterns of anxiety with, while you're sleeping? Uh, and so just another example of how it's costing you to stay in a place of cognitive dissonance and uh, another reason to go, okay, you're going to be all right whenever you listen and you finally get over the fear and the cost of listening and realise you, you do have what it takes. If your unconscious didn't believe you, you have what it took to listen, it wouldn't bring that message to you. So uh, the insecurity is irrational, as, as it always is. Uh, so the encouragement is to move towards honesty, authenticity, and resonance. That is always a better version of you. That's always a more honest, robust human version. A version where you shut down truth and intuition is, is an uglier version, um, is an under, is a under, uh, unkind, underkinder. <laughs> An underkinder version of yourself. <laughs> it's a version that makes less contribution to the world. It's a, it's a version that perpetrates more dissonance in the world, brings more of a clash. Uh, it's always nice being around people who operate from a place of resonance. They are they're beautiful people.
So that's 10 Minute Tuesday for today. Um, if you've got any questions about that or there's, there's some stuff that's brought up for you, yeah, really happy to help you work through that. Um, although don't send me uh, you know, two-page long explanation of your crazy dreams. Uh, no, not going there. So, um, and, and finally, just to wrap up. So this season for me, I've been really working hard on some assets looking at how I can, you know, continue to grow the work of the insecurity project and make it meaningful to more people and, and move it beyond me. So that's, that's probably been the key thing. So uh, create assets, create products that are useful without me being in the room. So, you know, my, my great intention and ambition for this would be that people who feel that insecurity is something that they're ready to work through come find the insecurity project, realize they've come to the right place. This is devoted solely to that problem subscribe to the podcast, just dive into these conversations, listen to other people interviewed about it, listen to coaching sessions. I've got another one coming out this week, by the way, that you're going to love. Um, hear the 10 Minute Tuesday, just the unpacking of these ideas. Um, then go from there and, and buy the book, uh, Unhindered, How to Solve the Insecurity Pro- How to Solve the Insecurity Problem for Good, which is due out on the 7th of July. Uh, working really hard at putting the final touches on that. Um, and then the exciting new thing is to go do the Unhindered short course. So uh, a video series, an online-based program to help you then apply these tools, do some exercises around it and keep embedding this process into your life to realise that it's not complicated and unique, it's just simple and hard and you're not special and there's a well-walked path to solve this. And then if and when I can be useful as a one-on-one coach doing a deep dive later, well, we can have that conversation. But those three things, podcast, book, short short course, just mean that anyone in the world at any time can dive into the insecurity project. So if that resonates for you, beautiful, jump on and be part of that for yourself and be part of sharing those resources with those who you think could benefit from that. Uh, I will get to doing the work of updating the intro and outro because that's important. It's nice to have a little ditty and something that sounds good at the start and end. It makes it a bit more polished. So I'm aware that it doesn't have that at the moment, um, you know, but want to make sure that the next version of it is better than the last version. So it'll come when it comes. Uh, love these conversations. Uh, thanks for sharing this time. I'll talk to you again next week.